You are not listening to Never Records on Blue Gold Radio 99.9 FM. Welcome to episode 56 of Never Records Radio. My name is Ted Riederer, and I'm an artist and musician who lives and works in New York City. From the Mississippi to the River Jordan, I've recorded musicians, poets, historians, Iranian choir boys, anyone who wants to cut a vinyl record for free in my conceptual art project, Never Records. The Never Records archive continues to grow. To this date, there are over 500 recordings from seven cities around the world. In May of 2011, curator Theo Sims brought Never Records to the Context Gallery in Derry, Northern Ireland. A secular project in a sectarian town, Never Records Derry reaffirmed my belief that art and music have the power to galvanize a community and transcend division. For such a tiny town, Derry has a concentration of talent that rivals many cities three and four times its size. Let me describe this next recording to you. For the past few months, I've been playing records recorded and cut to vinyl in Northern Ireland. But now it's time to move on. It's not for lack of material nor love of the art from Derry. There are many more recordings to hear from that beautiful month in May of 2011. But I'm itching to move on. In the next couple of weeks, I'll be playing songs that I recorded in Lisbon, Portugal in the fall of 2010. And in two weeks, I've been invited to perform in Ecuador, in the small Andean town of Pujili. So I plan to take this show on the road and give you an audio tour of the Andes. But before we leave Ireland, I have some very special music and words to leave you with. I'm going to break with our traditional format and let the award-winning radio DJ Stephen McCauley take over. In the history of rock and roll radio, there have been a few disc jockeys around which a community has coalesced. Rodney Bingenheimer's Rodney on the Rock and Little Steven's Underground Garage, to name two. These disc jockeys did more than just play records. They discovered and nurtured entire music scenes in their communities. Stephen McCauley is one of these DJs. And his show, Electric Mainline, will introduce the next great musicians to the world. So I've come back here to the gallery in the Playhouse, the the old Contest Gallery, which is where the Never Records exhibition was held. I'm actually standing in what would have been the record store part of Never Records, and... uh, it's amazing to be back here. It was uh, 2011 that Context Gallery hosted the Never Records exhibition. My name is Stephen McCauley and I present several music radio programmes on BBC Radio Ulster and BBC Radio Foil in Northern Ireland. I do a daytime fairly mainstream request show Monday to Thursday. I do an experimental show on Wednesday nights at 10pm called Soundscapes and I present an alternative music show called Electric Mainline on Thursday nights at 7pm. Electric Mainline has been on the airwaves for 12 years. 
I first heard of Never Records at an event in Derry one afternoon. I was chatting to the former director of the Old Context Gallery in Derry, where I am right now, Theo Sims, and uh, he said, we have an ex- we've got an exhibition coming soon which might be of interest to you. He told me a little bit about it, and as soon as he mentioned recording straight to vinyl, I was fascinated. I wondered what the setup would be like. I was hugely excited, and it immediately conjured images of folk, blues, and early rock and roll, and I knew that somehow... My program, Electric Mainline, would have to be involved. It sounded too significant to be something that we would just report about. I wanted to get inside the idea itself. When I first walked into the Never Records exhibition, I was overwhelmed. It felt magical. It had the nostalgia of the old record shops that we grew up with in the 80s and 90s. It had the enchantment of cinema. It had the precision of a workshop, but most of all, it had the visionary defiance of punk rock. For me, Never Records felt like an act of cultural resistance. It was at odds with the disembodied experience of new music media, downloading and streaming, but not in an antediluvian way, in a way which was ahead of the curve in what has been described since as the vinyl resurgence, but which is in many ways much more to do with retaining the value of music as an art form. This is a song called The Brandywell about uh, really a history of Derry, which was the town I grew up in. The uh, song was written by a band called The People of No Property. My name is Johnny Quigley, I'll sing to you my song. The Brandywell in Derry town, well that's where I come from. The Lone Moor and the Lecky Road, I played there as a boy. And I climbed the slopes of Craigan just to watch the foil flow by. Me ma, she worked a twelve-hour shift for very little pay, stitching cuffs and collars in a shirt factory all day. Me da got work down in the docks about one day in ten. You'd find them at the corner standing with the other men. Me Uncle John kept greyhounds, we'd walk them down the line. Chasing rats and rabbits, well, we had ourselves a time. He took me to the boxing, I saw Billy Kelly fight. And when he won the title, I cried for joy that night. Me da played at the rebel game, and when he met defeat, they locked him in the jailhouse at the top of Bishop Street. He escaped with seven other men and across the border fled. And so we had to visit him in the Curra camp instead. When I was fourteen years of age and full of a young man's dreams, we took the boat to Scotland and I hooked the tatty fields. I slept out in the bothy camp and I took the farmer's blows, returning in October with my prize a suit of clothes. On the day that I got married, me wife and I did tramp their cottage in the countryside, they call it Springtown Camp. The walls were corrugated tin with the water running down. Five hundred homeless families occupied that shanty town. Now the corporation housing was managed by a man who owned half the slums in Derry while his partner owned the land. When the men who own the money are the men who own the law, the slogan on the bookies' wall said, We want better odds. And so we started marching with McCann in 68. 
They tried to buy us off with crumbs, but it was far too late. They sent their thugs in uniform to smash us, they did try. Three days we fought them hand to hand in the Battle of Bugside. It was at Free Derry Corner we built a barricade. Men and kids and women together unafraid. A job, a home, a justice was all the people sought. But thirteen men on Derry streets, those paratroopers shot. And when the firing started, it was time for us to choose. Except for my place in the dole queue, I haven't much to lose. The road is long, the struggle hard, we'll get there just the same. We're off our knees in Derry now, we'll not bow down again. You are not listening to Never Records. Never Records in Derry was filmed by the wonderful Jason White. Its screening in Derry a year after the original exhibition was a hugely emotional night. A moment in Derry's music history had been captured for all time. We get documentary evidence of a time and a place and a feeling. The visual history of Derry's youth culture and music culture wasn't that extensive up to that point. Now, there were music videos and other bits and pieces of film, but this was a feature-length exposition of the musical life of Derry focused around a few weeks in the Context Gallery. Growing up in Derry during the Troubles, the image of a young person was too often framed against the backdrop of conflict. So you had riot scenes on the news, you had petrol bombs thrown, CS gas spreading through streets, burning cars, burning buses, and so on. It was abnormal. It seems almost dreamlike when you think back to it now. In Never Records, we saw the young faces of a generation which had emerged from the Troubles. Faces smiling behind clear vinyl records, art and music and life beginning to feel confident again. Derry people have an incredibly dark sense of humour and it saw them through some of the worst parts of the conflict. But here was a celebration of something normal, something that had always been there. Music. Defiant, yes, but joyful and optimistic. Never Records captured a moment in Derry's history when it was beginning to change. I think it's vital that people know about the Troubles. The Troubles should not be traded upon in order to obtain some kind of cultural sympathy or even cultural currency. The Troubles are a warning from history. It's lamentable that in 2018 we find ourselves back in a sectarian stalemate over the governance of Northern Ireland. The Troubles warns us about how far society can descend in its expression of sectarian hatred. They warn us about how quickly political vacuums get filled with much darker forces... And they warn us about the dangers of us and them. I should add that music is also a political statement. Music is one of the few things that united people during the Troubles. A punk fan was just a punk fan. Nothing else mattered. At gigs and record stores all over the world, the only relevant identity is the music tribe. If you walk into a record shop in a city you've never been in, you automatically have an ally. Same with gigs. The music tribe offers a way of seeing and pretty much dismissing the concept of the other. It might seem an elementary suggestion, but it reminds us that there are more commonalities in the people of the world than divisions. The divisions are artificial.
You are not listening to Never Records Radio. Thank you very much. The music community in Derry responded in a way that I'd never seen before. They flocked to Never Records like the proverbial moths to a flame. It became talismanic for bands, singer-songwriters, poets and spoken word artists. And Ted was inundated with live performance requests. He fulfilled most, if not all of them. Tons of vinyl was produced, but something arguably more important happened. The music community seemed to come out of the woodwork and coalesce around an idea. They became part of a shared project that was a catalyst. They compared notes, began to collaborate, and they became less disparate. And in spite of that coming together, they retained their different musical approaches. The music scene in Derry still feels kaleidoscopic. The bands don't sound like replicas. Many of the artists who featured in Never Records are still thriving and making even more wonderful music. Strength, NIA have just released their debut album. Connor Mason is about to release a brand new record. And Ryan Vale releases his second album, Distorted Shadows, next month. April is going to see the release of the Woodburning Savages debut album, and members of the Q went on to form the Woodburning Savages after their appearance at Never Records. Those are four examples. I could go on, because there are loads more. Incredible music is being made in Derry right now, but for those few weeks, it was almost as if Derry music had a home inside one room. We were all in and out of Never Records over those weeks. To this day, we still talk about it, and it's good to remember those days. But Never Records, like all those great cultural moments, encourages us not to look back, but to act here and now. Ah, the earth she keeps some vibration going down in your heart, and that is you. And if the people find out that you can fiddle, then fiddle you must for your whole life through. What do you see? Is it a harvest to clover or meadows to walk through on down to the river? Or the ones in the corn? Is it dollars a key load or the rustle and skirts of the girls as they dance? by the crossroads. For Mickey, John, Joe, a pillar of leaves and whirl and dust meant ruin and drought. To me it looked more like Seamus Rua stepping it off to go tickle and trout. What do you see? Is it a harvest, a clover, or meadows to walk through on down to the river? For the ones in the corn, is it dollars a cart load, or the rustle and skirts of the girls as they dance by the crossroads? How could I plough my twenty small acres with a medley of horns and piccolos played in my brain by the crows and robins and the windmills creaking in the valleys below? I never started to plough in my life, but someone came over to take me away on down the road to a wedding or a kelly and fill me with soda bread 
But do you see is the harvest to call over, our meadows to walk through, on down to the river, for the winds and the corn, is it dollars a cart load, or the rustling skirts of the girls as they dance by the crossroads? I'll take a last walk to the plot up on the hillside. I've got my banjo and I'm playing there yet. I've got 20 small acres and 1,000 memories and not a single regret. What do you see is a harvest, a clover, or meadows to walk through on down to the river? For the winds and the corn, is it dollars it's cured load? Or the rustle and skirts of the girls as they dance by the crossroads? You are not listening to Never Records. I interviewed Ted during the show and we talked about Alan Lomax, we talked about fomenting cultural ecstasy, we talked about the artwork on the sleeves of the records. But something that Ted said stuck with me. He said that the major labels had become obsessed with ways to tax new media and that what was much more important was just to create the space for good music. The quality of music suffers when it stopped being about art and is only about money. Never Records was the embodiment of the spirit of resisting that complacent commercial agenda. I'm referring to Never Records in the past tense because I'm talking about its time in Derry all those years ago, but Never Records is now, and there are plans for many more installations in different locations. Across the ocean, from New York to Liverpool to Derry. We are the ones who believe that through joy, we can forever live. May 21st, 2011, a bomb was detonated in a bank in the Diamond of Derry, Ireland. It was the day that I arrived home to New York after three jubilant weeks of fellowship, performance, and understanding, called Never Records. May 21st, 2011, was also my 41st birthday. An awkward age that some distant version of me might dread, or romance. But in the becoming, I had a realization of some prescient sense that I have only begun to live properly. Our road to ruin was built with broken architecture and morality, an endless holy war upon the enchantment of desire and the wild romance of beauty. When we went to pick up Rose in Belfast, we scoured the forest of tourist information kiosks in Belfast City Airport for a map or brochure of Derry, but could find none. We finally found a three-page pamphlet with the assistance of a woman behind an information desk after the three of us searched together for another ten minutes. Mickey Guinness, an older gentleman who worked at the BSR turntable factory during the 50s and 60s, told me that Derry's dereliction and neglect was a result of its preponderance of Catholics while remaining an icon of Unionist history. In a city renowned for its history of shirt manufacturing, a job held exclusively by women, 
The BSR factory was one of the only factories to employ Darius men in the 20th century. Some people sing life's hard and then you die, that nothing matters and what if it did? The ultimate sin is giving up. Every day in Derry, I faced an almost insurmountable task. I had to give each recording session, and there were many, my full attention and love. Even if the music didn't interest me, even if the performer was awkward and unengaging. These feelings were compounded by the horrible diet of overcooked, overfried, reheated mush, and an almost intravenous consumption of Guinness. One day, an awkward, shy kid came into the shop. In spite of myself, I would judge him with my cynical and egotistical New York vanity. Then, out of his mouth, would come a song of such eloquence and tenderness that I would become convinced once again that there was no better place or thing for me to be doing with my life. People like us must learn and sing a song of resistance. Together we will make a joyful noise in the dark. Our wild and magic songs will never die. One of our first concerts at Never Records in Derry's Context Gallery was on election night when I received a crash course in an alphabet of political party acronyms from Techno Peasant Set. DUP, SF, SDLP, OUP, Fina Gale, Fina Fina Fail. While many of the artists I recorded to vinyl were more concerned with love than dissent, there was this palpable feeling that the music scene was the only guiltless group in town. Long before, punk had united the sons and daughters of paramilitary parents from both sides of the Troubles. Music had always been a secular refuge in Derry. Diane from Patty Nash and the Happy Enchiladas described the artistic communion called Never Records in an interview with the BBC's Across the Line. There was something really nice about the process. It felt like a gift. Luckily, the bomb blast on the 21st injured no one. While those responsible had probably never heard of Never Records, I feel like its timing was symbolically significant. Recently, I was asked to be on a panel discussion about the working artist. The conversation was preoccupied with the unjust nature of an all-powerful commercial art market ruled by classicism and greed. Panelists decried a system that needed to be overthrown and demanded new and revolutionary solutions. I propose an idea, simple, timeless, and truly revolutionary. The most political thing we can do is to make art as fully and as holy as we can. An art that is true to ourselves. We must be remade by our work and gift this process with those that will hear its song. For a few weeks in free dairy, we traded the experiences of audience and performers. We sang, beatboxed, rhymed, strummed, and beat drums. The shockwave from our collaboration created a seismic echo, a sonic boom, that for a brief moment arrested the hopelessness and cynicism of our age and etched our voices onto record. On vinyl or in our memories, our songs will never die. Thank you for listening to Never Records Radio. 
Today's episode featured music by Peter Maloney, The Q, and The Techno Peasant, a.k.a. Connor O'Kane. A special thanks and a warm hug goes out to Theo Sims, Mara Carvalli, Connor O'Kane, and Stephen McCauley for making Never Records possible. I'd also like to thank all of the performers that cut vinyl with me that wonderful month back in May of 2011. For more information, please visit neverrecords.net. This show would not be heard if it weren't for Scott Morfitt and Eli Klott at Blue Gold Radio, who put Never Records on the air with support from the UW Eau Claire Foundation. You are not listening to Never Records.